Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Ferguson Show. I know it's been a minute, uh, but I wanted to go over my own perspectives and opinions today on the impending danger danger and collapse. Um, I'm just going to be giving my own view on this, so if you're interested, feel free to stick around to the end of this podcast. You can follow me on my social media. I'll drop all that information in the show notes below, as well as some support links that you guys can check out as well for the podcast. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into this. You're on YouTube or if you stream, you know, information through podcasting or even books or whatever the case may be, you'll always see these uh, content creators talk about, yeah, that's why you got to buy gold. That's why you got to, you know, have multiple streams of income. That's why you have to start this business and that business. Like, yeah, like for sure you can start a business during a crash. But here's the thing, man the US dollar, right? It's the global reserve currency for other countries. When we print money, other countries currency, you know, goes down with ours going down as well. Theirs goes down far more than us. And then our, our valuation on our dollar also goes down. So this concept that you need to create business to create multiple streams of income, you need to create multiple businesses to create cash flow. I always hear this, this term, the thing is, is like if you're talking about cash flow fiat, right? Fiat money, you're trying to exchange value for a product or a service that you are providing to someone else that you feel is beneficial. Okay, completely understandable. If we were in a normal currency situation, right? If we were back in the 19, you know, seventies uh, or, or the late 1700s when you know the dollar really came around. And then the last like 50, 60 years, the dollar was exchanged with nothing to back it, right? We went off the gold standard. So our fiat is not really backed by gold, although the government kind of secretly says that it is, it just, they don't, you know, showcase that to the public. Um, so they kind of still kept that standard, even though they've told the public it's not because they did that executive order back in the thirties, I think thirties or forties with, uh, FDR, where he went after everybody's gold and seized it. So the banks and the elites are still on the gold standard if the fiat goes to zero, because the banks, as we know, are all tied in with government, and they own a large portion of gold reserves in the entire world, right? But everybody else is fucked, because they have less than what every central bank in the entire globe would ever have, right? So when they keep saying this cash flow, cash flow, cash flow game, I just laugh because it's like, well, why would you want to create businesses to create fiat money that inevitably is going to crash to zero, especially I believe in the next 10 years, because we've been using the US dollar for almost 90 years, I was looking up earlier. And the dollar system came about through, I think, I believe 1792 is when we first started, you know, using the dollar to exchange value. But we also had the gold backing it. But ever since the 70s, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, we don't have that anymore. So, you know, you got to understand that, like, when these creators are saying cash flows, I don't think they really know how money really works, even though they claim they do, even though they say all the right things educationally about what money is and this and that, yet they're so ignorant that they keep going back and saying cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. It's bullshit. Everybody's like, oh, well, you need to prep, you need to have food, you need to have this and that. I have a good buddy of mine that tells me that all the time. Personally, yeah, I do a little bit of prepping, not too much. But I think people have to realize that at the end of the day, you can only do 
you know, so much prepping that you feel that you're the most safe now. And in reality, uh, people are going to go and they're not going to prep. They're not going to do any of that. They're just going to go rob, loot and steal and possibly kill depending on how severe, you know, this whole situation becomes. So I think people need to realize like, yeah, like just because you prep doesn't mean that you're the most safe, right? Those preps can only go so far and you're still at a lot, uh, a, uh, a high risk of potentially getting it stolen from you. If people know you, if people know, you know, what you do behind the scenes with prepping, if you've talked about it with them or even just at random, right? We see this in the purge, right? The purge, uh, you know, purge one back in, I think, oh eight, oh nine, when it came out, the, the guy like did all the right things, right? Like he prepped, he had his guns, he had his safe, he put down all of the, uh, the window shades that would protect them from the outsiders, whatever, protect the family. And what, what ended up happening, right? There was a guy that came out that said, hey, please help me. Please help me. I'm not going to harm you. I'm XYZ. I need the help. I need the help. And what happened? The I think it was like the little kid took the, the shades up, press the button, the shades go up, and then he comes inside, the shades go down. And then what happens? Well, the people looking for him came looking for him, found where he was at, and then basically everything that they had prepped for went to a loss because of bad mistakes. And that's what's going to happen to these preppers. These preppers are going to make one bad move and they're going to mess it up for themselves. And then it's going to get them either killed or it's going to get them, uh, you know, attacked or, or, or whatnot. And I'm not saying every prepper is going to be like that, but the ones that think they're so secure, uh, I feel bad for you because no one is secure, including myself. And I think that with this narrative of, Oh well, you know, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Stop. Like that that's pointless if everything's going to go back to zero. And then there's the argument of, well, that's why you have to buy precious metals. I hear this all the time. One of the content creators that I listen to on YouTube, his name's uh, Jeremiah Babe. You can check him out. He's a good guy. But I I constantly disagree with him about this narrative of you need to buy precious metals. What good is a precious metal uh, you know, going to do. The only thing that it'll do is during um, some situation where you can transact with a precious metal, if fiat goes to zero, you can maybe buy something with it, right? Um, maybe you could even create a business off of that. I don't know how feasible that is, but maybe for temporary, uh, temporarily you can do that. I can tell you right now, though, we're not going back to the gold standard. The central banks that control and rule the world, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, you name it, they're not going to go back to a gold standard. So I know a lot of the gold bugs out there, they love gold, they love precious metals. I hear about it all the time with Peter Schiff, Jim Rickards, uh, you know, all these guys, uh, Jeremiah Babe, even all these guys that are gold bugs that think that that is the magic savior. That is the magic fairy dust. You're living in a fucking false reality. We're not going back to that standard ever. Gold and, and silver will always be around. It's God's money. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we are not going back to that. We, we need to have, you know, digital currency. We need to be able to have uh, central authorities basically printing it just like they did now, or maybe they'll do it in a different way, but they need to have a sense of control over it. Uh, gold and silver is not controlled. If anything, it's more decentralized because you can just buy it um, with cash at a local gold shop and no one would know the purchase. They want to have things on a blockchain ledger. They want to have things in their control and everything to be documented in a database to trace every transaction that everybody um, you know, has done known to man. 
And this will vary from country to country, but generally they want a global type system in this way with probably different digital currencies like, you know, the Chinese yuan, the Russian ruble, the U.S. dollar, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So we'll probably have that, but it'll all be on a central, you know, uh, ledger where all these transactions are recorded. You know, I listen to Jim Rickards. I uh, check him out. He's a good guy. Um, but he's like a financial kind of guru. I think he also worked, um, for the CIA at one point. He had some really good points. Honestly, I love his content cause he's spot on with it, but he made no fucking sense the other day when I listened to him and he said, uh, there's going to be a digital dollar, a central bank, digital currency get, um, you know, when everything collapses with fiat and all those things, but yet, uh, you know, it's not going to be on a blockchain. It's not going to be on a ledger. It's not going to be on any of that. Uh, I don't know where he's coming from with that because we pretty much already have that through central banking. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That's why XRP, like I've mentioned before in other podcasts, is designed specifically for the central banking institutions to be able to transact through SWIFT, the derivatives market, um, and, and other forms of payments that people use globally around the, the earth, right? And uh, XLM, Stellar Lumens, will be more of the stable coin CBDC for the people, which will kind of have, you know, it'll kind of coincide with XRP um, as, as well. But XRP is mainly for the financial institutions, derivatives market, um, the, uh, the SWIFT banking system, and then XLM for the people. And I believe probably the Federal Reserve will dish that out as a stable coin to then put their CBDC inside of it and then people to basically like get paid that way and all this other stuff. And I'm not going to go too in depth with that, but, um, but long story short, uh, any type of digital currency, you have to have a native blockchain because you have to have what's called nodes and nodes are basically specific connecting points that a node operator can basically plug in, have the software on their desktop or their laptop or whatever point of, um, you know, access that they have connect and then basically start verifying transactions within the blockchain network. Um, you can't scientifically have a digital currency without a, a native blockchain. It just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, we need an actual database. So I don't know what he's talking about with that. He mentioned, he mentioned like, Oh, blockchains have been around since uh, the eighties. Um, some of that is true, not necessarily to the way that it's been basically created today. It's very different compared to the eighties. Um, but you got to understand these guys, you know, like Robert Kiyosaki and Jim Rickards, these guys are in their sixties and seventies. They're out of touch with technology. They don't even know probably like specific, uh, cryptographic functions and, and basically programming language that uses to facilitate some of these crypto assets, right? And I'm not saying I'm, I'm an expert at that because I'm in no way, I have a buddy who's in that space and he teaches me, but, um, and then I try to educate you guys to the best I can from like a, you know, crypto for dummies standpoint. But at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to, um, you know, just simplicity for everybody so everybody can understand it than just some guy, you know, getting up and talking for hours about something that's so sophisticated, the normal person is just not going to understand. It's the greatest time to try to, to start a business or do anything, whether it's your content creation, whether it's actually like 
creating a ground up startup business or selling products or services, um, whether it's time to get on, on your high horse to invest, right? It's the best time in a bear market to invest in whether it be crypto, stocks, real estate, um, I would say precious metals, but again, I'm, I'm not a fan of those. Those are really for emergency use situations. They're kind of like first aid kits financially, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, like, you know, different asset classes like that. And those are just the most popular. There's obviously others, but different asset classes like that are the best times to buy. Um, I would say real estate, in my opinion, not financial advice, but now is not the time to buy them because we're really at the peak of the market now and things are going to start to implode in the next probably you know month or so maybe even less time and then into the first quarter of next year i can't even imagine um but again when things go nosedive like it'll be very noticeable like you'll you'll get it especially if you're paying attention you'll get it and when that comes like now is not the time to be like, oh, well, I, I don't want to invest in that. Look at how far it went down, you know, or you'll talk to your coworkers at work or your family and they'll be like, you're crazy to be investing right now. Save your money. It, don't listen to these types of people. In my humble opinion, they're going to keep you broke. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. You always, always, always buy during a crash, especially if it's assets that we know for a fact are going to recover, which I believe that there's specific cryptos that are going to recover and a majority of them will not. Same as equities, real estate, uh, you know, and the list goes on. Most individuals out there right now are saying, like I, I've heard plenty of, of people out there, especially in the creator community and the finance community, uh, say, oh, you need to get out of cash. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to not hang on to fiat. Yeah, sure. We want to not hang on to that, but we need to hang on to that until we have a crash. That makes no fucking sense because we're not to the point yet where like the US dollar, like the cash, the physical cash is like, absolutely just not outlawed, but done, right? We, we're not at the point yet where we have a CBDC that you can basically go and transact with and buy an, uh, a stock and equity with or buy a real estate property or buy a crypto asset, digital asset. Like we're not at that point yet. So you need the physical cash to put inside of your bank and then basically go forth, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we need cash. If anything, I would say hold on to cash. You should be saving cash right now because if you're waiting for that that final moment to just go in and dip, you know, dip your toes in and buy, that's the best time. Now you'll have guys out there, um, and again, not financial advice, but you'll have guys out there that basically say, "Oh, uh, you know, you need to, uh, you know, go out and uh, you know start start uh, investing." And dollar cost averaging, you know, weekly, right? You need to buy those dips. You know, if you're not buying those dips, you know, I don't know what you're doing because things are going to bounce right back up. Look, man, the past year we've had 20, 30, we're up to like what, 70, I think I counted last a 75% dip for Bitcoin just alone in crypto. And then all the equity markets took like a hit. I think it was between 20 and 50%, something like that. We're not even done yet. I think the total equity crash is going to be about 86 to 92%. And crypto is going to be in the 90 percentile. Um, I think Bitcoin's going to drop even more. I think it could go past 90% personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got all these guys out here telling you that. And I just think it's, uh, it's foolish, because they always say don't time the market. 
I say, fuck them, dude. A majority of them are all saying, don't time the market. Don't time the market. Don't time the market. I say, fuck them. Look the other way. Do exactly the opposite of what they do, in my humble opinion, and go fucking time the market. Because if I didn't time the market, right? Uh, if I didn't time the market with Bitcoin, let's say, for example, even though I think it's trash, about a year ago, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy. I think I'm going to buy. You know, but then something inside of me said, no, fuck that. I'm just going to wait it out. And this was back probably in like December, November. And before that I had bought the top and then I sold a little bit. And then I said, no, nah, I'm going to sell like a good portion. And I ended up doing that. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to sit this thing out. I sat it out for almost 12 months, right? Meaning this year, right? Cause it, it's been about 10 months, um, since that or 10, 11 months since that time frame, I think. Um, and it went from 69,000 when I bought the top to what is it today? 20 fucking thousand dollars. I think the low that I saw the other day was like 18,750. What the fuck, man? And you guys are, you motherfuckers out here are telling me, oh, buy 20% dips. Yeah. Every, every few, you know, weeks buy 20% dips. No, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait until it goes to 75, 85, 95, 105% dips. I'm not going to sit here and, and just basically do what you're telling me. And then, oh, it's going to bounce a little bit. Oh, and then it's going to go down. That's when you buy more. Oh, and then it's going to go up a little bit. Nah, fuck that. Just wait until the damn thing drops, in my opinion, and then fucking buy in. Simple as that. It's timing the market, you know? Fuck it. Who cares? Who cares about these, these guys who fucking sit up here and tell you about technical analysis? I'll be honest with you. I'm a dumbass. I don't want to fucking listen to technical analysis. Now I can do a brief overview on TradingView and see where the charts have been within the past decade or five years or three years. I'll do that and see where things have dipped off. Maybe I can compare different quarterly results of profit and sales. If I'm looking at equities, their profit margins and their losses, their liabilities and their assets, I can compare that and see where the chart is going next, depending on, you know, what the, uh, you know, what the previous charts had said, right? I think they call it stock to flow. I agree with that to an extent, but I'm not going to fucking sit here and tell you an exit strategy and all this shit. Cause I'm not, I'm not a uh, short-term investor. I'm a long-term hauler. I'm a long-term bull, right? Bull bear. I will say I'm a bull uh, when I'm a bear in the bear market, which I was fucking hoping that Bitcoin would drop this much. I hope it drops even more. I hope it fucking wrecks people, to be honest with you. And I know that sounds heartless, but people need to understand and they need to get a grip on their shit. They need to stop preaching this. We're going to get a bull run. We're going to get a bull run. No, you're not motherfucker. The fucking equity market is crashing. Companies are laying off. You had that guy at Bed Bath & Beyond that just fucking took his life two to three weeks ago, CFO of the company. No, you're fucking not because the markets follow Bitcoin price action. You look at any day that the equity markets are down, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, it all fucking models Bitcoin. When the dollar, I believe it's when the dollar pushes up, Bitcoin goes down. When the dollar pushes uh, down, Bitcoin somehow miraculously goes up, so they say. I find that shit to be fucking false, actually. I think it's the opposite. When the markets go down, Bitcoin goes down. When the market goes up, Bitcoin goes up. And no one wants to admit that. They think that Bitcoin price is decoupled, right? And it's fucking not. Anyway, I digress. I don't want to rant on, on on that topic. But no one is safe, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody uh, is at risk 
of collapse. Everybody is at risk of theft of property, um, possibly even their lives taken, depending on how people can get violent during this next three to five year period. Um, by 2025, it's going to be quite telling. It could even go beyond that because it depends on what the Fed does as far as you know raising feder- uh, the Fed funds rate, um, you know, basically printing money again, stimulus, uh, you know, spending billions of dollars on different programs, uh, billions of dollars overseas to aid this uh, Russian Ukraine war, right? The list can go on. Government's going to do what they're going to do. Banks are going to do what they're going to do. And then dumbass people are going to do what dumbass people do, right? So there is no telling how this thing is going to be. And if you're a content creator telling people to have fucking cash flows, you're probably one of these fucking cheap ass guys that put your damn uh, referral links and everything. Look, I'm all good for like donating. And if if you want to refer a few people, okay. But if you got your whole fucking description page, all referral links, come on, you're being a little bit over excessive. You're just trying to get a quick buck out of these cheap pawns of people that, that that's what you think. They're cheap pawns of people that you want, right? You just want their money. You don't really give a shit about them. That's why most of you that, um, you know, basically are in the crypto space that uh, listen to these guys on YouTube, please, please, please do your research very fucking wisely and uh, do not get caught up in this trap with them because a lot of them, I would say 90 fucking seven, 98% of them are bullshit. There's maybe only two to three people out there that are actually good. I actually like one of them, Richard Hart, the people that everybody calls a fraudster. That's really not in my humble opinion. The guy is educated. You don't have to buy his project, but he's educated. He knows the crypto space. He's been in it. He's seasoned well over a decade. He's been in Bitcoin since I think 2010, 2011, two years after Bitcoin came out. The dude mined uh, on, on, you know, he mined or no, he didn't mind. Or did he mind? Yeah, I think he said he mined, but he also uh, didn't have to mine when he used to be able to get uh, Bitcoin re- mining rewards through uh, video cards through fucking uh, Xbox, right? Your fucking Xbox. This guy has been mining. You used to be able to do that to the mining companies came into the and into play and then they changed everything and it was bullshit. So, you know, at the end of the day, no one is safe. Be careful who you listen to. Hopefully this... Uh, this podcast has enlightened you a little bit and offered some type of value. Um, I'm just telling you, be careful out there. I will definitely start, you know, coming back and and reporting on different topics I see, but just for today, I just wanted to just vent to you guys about how pissed off I am. And I think you guys should be pissed off too, because I'm tired of people getting fucking wrecked by these so-called experts that are not experts that don't know shit even though they say they're successful, uh, but inwardly they're not, right? And I'm not saying for everybody. I'm just saying there are people out there that are like that. Anyway, that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this content. As always, you can follow me on my social media, like I said below. Support links are in the description uh, on my uh, podcast. Um, And if you guys do like financial content, I post videos generally every week or every other week on financial content on my YouTube uh, page called Linear Money. Uh, You can go and search that up in YouTube and it's interviews from all different types of experts about their opinions and perspective of economy, of crypto, of finance in general, and how they became successful. And I hope it would be an inspiration and motivation for you guys as well to watch. Anyway, I am out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day and week, and I will see you guys next week. Peace.